Well, we are in a second part of our last week's message, Strengthen Our Foundations. Things have been shaken up in the world this past year. And God doesn't mind that if it causes us not to get weaker, but to strengthen our foundations, right? That's the grace of it. That's the reason for it, is that we not become weaker as a person, as a family, as a church body, but stronger. And I introduced this concept as Jesus, our builder. He's actually called in Hebrews, the apostle, and the apostle is a builder, puts the building blocks together and church planning and ministries for ministries to grow and impact. And, and so this is um, who Jesus is. And you're the builder of your own life. It's God has wisdom for you to build your life. And we have had, since 1981, God has been building Living Waters Church. 1981, that's 40 years ago, folks. Do you feel old? You should now, let me tell you. But the Lord gives us strength, right? He gives us strength. He gives us vitality. He gives us the power to bear fruit in all seasons of our life. And I want to say, if you have been here, you know, decade after decade, you're, uh, and don't take this uh, in a bad way, but you're called a pillar in the Bible. And uh, in the, the Apostle Paul, he would do that. He said, he would talk, he would mention a name, he said, pillars in the body. He would call them pillars. And that's what you are. And, I, and I'd, like to, I'd like to really ask those of you who have been here uh, in the 1980s, you, you were here, you came sometime between 1981 and 1990. Could you stand? We just want to say thank you for being a pillar at Living Waters. If you would just stand. Let's just... Look at that, look at that. Woo! Awesome. You've been here at least 30 years or more. Praise God. Nothing's going to knock you down and knock you out. Thank you so much. And Joe League, master teacher, led of the Spirit, he was that wise master builder for living waters. And we're bearing fruit of that today and you are building blocks and and yet we're still building and that's what we're really focusing on today is that we really need and I'm going to open on prayer for this wisdom on how to build for the next 40 years can one someone say amen to that I I don't want this to end anytime soon I I want us living waters to go another generation another 40 years so let's ask God for wisdom father We need your spirit of wisdom and spirit of revelation in our lives as we build our own lives, as we build our ministries we're involved in, this church family. Lord, to expand your kingdom, we need your wisdom. We ask it not only this morning, but moving forward into the next 40 years of living waters. Thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is speaking. Our ears are open. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we go back into Ephesians chapter 4, and we are, and we're going to break it down uh, some more, uh, as we did last week, it's, if you didn't hear that message, I encourage you to do that, 
Uh, it's, it's a careful look at Ephesians 4, verse 7 through 16. I'm going to actually start us with an Old Testament passage. And it might look like I'm not uh, in the ballpark of our subject, but it'll, it'll come around and make sense in a minute. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting at verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting at verse 1. And this passage shows that in the way God works in the human experience, it comes across like, uh, like, like, it, um, like opposites. But God is full of paradoxes, and the definition of a paradox is something that looks opposite and contradictory to each other, but actually when you look closely, they aren't. And they can actually both be true or both work together. So let's look at these eight verses and these eight paradoxes. Verse 1. There's an appointed time for everything, and there's a time for every event under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. A time to search and a time to give up as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear apart and a time to sew together. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. How can those all be true? Sometimes it is timing. That in this situation there's a timing that, uh, that we are having faith that things, it's, it can be found, it can be found. And then in another time, it's a time to release and trust in God. It might be a time uh, in a situation where you know it, you've got to keep building it up. You have to uh, put those stones on and, and make it bigger. And other times that no, it's time to rebuild and tear down so you can restart and reset and do a new thing. So we need wisdom to discern those times. It takes maturity in the Lord. These are things that can be difficult for a new believer or someone who's not really in the Word a whole lot to have maturity to know and discern the times and when to proceed in what, what area. We find that God is like this. He's full of paradoxes in his character. He's so vast, he's so big, he's just not one trait, but he's many traits, he's multidimensional. Because God is a God of mercy, and he doesn't give us what we deserve by his mercy, but he's also a God of perfect justice, and he knows how to precisely give all rewards and consequences in perfect justice. God is a God of victory in spiritual warfare. He's the one that leads us into battle, but he also is the God of rest. And you need to know that timing when he says, oh, this is my battle, you just rest. The God of peace will crush Satan, Satan underneath your feet. You just be at rest, be at peace. See, God is a God of holiness, and he wants us to be like him and obey this perfect God of holiness, but he's also 
the God of forgiveness because we can't live perfectly like he does. And so he is abundant in forever in his forgiveness. God is the God of grace, of greatness, power, and might. And he wants to lift up our faith and strength. But he is also the God of humility that wants us to bow low and humble ourselves. Where even Jesus shocked his closest friends when he got on his knees and began washing their feet. And, and they're like, what, this is wrong. This is a role reversal. We should be watching, washing your feet. You are the leader you are our master. And Jesus said, if you do not allow me to wash your feet and serve you, you have no part with me. How could the Lord of Lord, the kings of kings, say and do something like that? Because he's a God of paradoxes. He is vast. His characters, character traits are, are great in all directions. It's, he, you can't pigeonhole them and just keep him in one trait or character or one dimension. He came as a suffering servant. He's familiar with suffering and, and, and sorrow, the scriptures say. And yet he, when comes back, will have an instant victory over domination and domination over sin and evil when he comes back on the white horse. So we would see Jesus on the total opposite spectrums of vulnerability and power and victory. The Psalms say, be still and know that I am God. But the Psalms also say, shout for the Lord, ring the clanging cymbals, praise his name and dance before the Lord. And so he works in these very unique ways that can appear to be opposites, but they're not. You know, God has the earth in perfect balance. And I'm going to describe this uh, uh, pendulum, uh, scientific pendulum on that. And I've studied uh, just a little bit. It's been a while, so I'm, I might miss some of the details. And forgive me on this. But God has his hand, the way he's positioned the earth and the way it rotates and its angle. It's in perfect balance. And a pendulum will illustrate that. And I was a kid and... I was in Washington, D.C. at the Smithsonian Institute, and I don't know if you've all seen that back in the day, but they had this massive pendulum, and uh, this is actually a picture of a different one, but the, 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 the cable went so far, it had to be an exact, exact length, the, the ball, uh, the silver ball, the bottom had to be exact uh, weight, and in and, and, and the way they had it, it's called the uh, Foucault uh, Pendulum. And the way you, they set this up, it's like a clock. Because this pendulum will swing back and forth from side to side and turn to, to the right just a little bit and end up turning uh, clockwise like a clock. And you can actually tell time if they have it all set up just perfectly. And once full circle, if I remember right, is a 24-hour period it, when that pendulum swings in perfect timing and balance. But I've just always been amazed at that. And, and it remains to me to be a great illustration of balance. But a different kind of balance with this picture uh, of this pendulum here. You see they have these little posts that are getting knocked down as it's swinging back and forth to show its accuracy. But it's, 
Sometimes when we say the word balance, we think of, okay, we've got to meet in the middle with this person or with this organization. We've got to compromise, and we've got to somehow make sure everybody gets, is happy and everybody's satisfied. But that's not God's kind of balance. He doesn't meet in the middle. He meets on the edges. He wants you to experience and know that he's God of justice and and perfect justice, but he also is God of unlimited mercy, the expanse of both sides. See, he's the God of compassion and grace, but he's also the God of discipline. If he loves you, which he does, he will discipline you. Even though discipline is painful for a season. This is out of his nature. It is out of his character. And so, I like to think of this instead. Well, just think about this phrase. The pen, pendulum must be swinging. They're, they're, they're letting the pendulum swing. And we say that when, when an organization or a group or something, they've, they've gone kind of way out on the edge, maybe even extreme. And they're emphasizing this one thing. And you just say, well, just wait a little while because that pendulum's going to swing back. And it's going to be then on the other side. And then, oh, well, no, it's going to swing back. And that is the way sometimes we operate. We, we emphasize something for a while to build it up. But God, let's not forget all his nature and his character, the way he works on, in these paradoxes. It's okay to swing uh, for a while, but don't just stay there. Swing on back. Add to it. And that's the maturity of a believer who's wise is that they can continue to grow in a new area or in another area without dropping the other one. You see. Jesus knows how to put that together. He's a builder. He's called the apostle. And you know, the apostle, if you just studied that in the, in the New Testament Acts, they were just, uh, uh, the, the book of Acts, they're just leaders, overseeing leaders. And as Paul said to Titus, he said, set what is lacking in Crete. He says, set it up, set what is lacking. So you need to do some rebuilding. You need to get things in order. That's what leaders do. That's what that overseeing gift is and responsibility. And these gifts are given to us. Let's turn to, go ahead and jump in Ephesians 4. Look at verse 7 and 8. It says, verse 7, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives, captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. And so you need to realize There's grace given to each one of you to receive these gifts that he's going to list right now. These are available to you. It's not just the office of the the prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. This is given uh, to all people. Let's not let that um, steal away that God has these gifts for you and for me. Let's look at these gifts in uh, Ephesians 4 verse 11 and 12. It says, He gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the service, to the building up of the body of Christ. 
I've worked on an illustration in, with Philip's uh, ingenuity and graphic design. He's helped me put this on illustration using our uh, rugged wooden cross here as a way to break these four areas down for us. But on and in a cross, you have two horizontal lines and you have, in a sense, two pieces vertical. And on the top vertical piece, we've got on here a prophetic ministry. That God speaks. He speaks through prayer. He speaks through worship. He speaks through an inter- intercession. God is speaking through the gifts of the Spirit. And the charismatic movement brought that to, back to the body of Christ. And now, uh, you know, 50 years later, 40 to 50 years later, the body of Christ in the world is different. Because God resurged these gifts to say, hey, don't just pray, thy will be done. Listen, listen to God, pray, uh, worship me like you've never worshipped. I will speak to you. And the body of Christ is different. Praise God. And there's another area uh, that, and the prophetic is very vertical, uh, focused on God. But the next one, evangelistic, is God saves. He, he's a savior. And that's why he died on the cross was to make the door wide open for the lost to come in, for you and I to become a child of God. And that evangelistic ministry is, is a horizontal outreach where we're in the world but not of it. Where if we, someone must bring the gospel on our shoes that Look how beautiful the feet are of those who bring good news. Somebody's got to bring, walk out there in the world with the gospel on our, on our feet. And this is the work of Jesus when he said, I didn't come for the righteous but the sick. Not, not the found, but I came for the lost. And that's very horizontal. We have the ministry of the shepherd uh, the word pastor is, is used there, and so also, often we think, well, that's a church staff leader. Well, that's, that's really not how the biblical concept is. It's gifts of shepherding, of loving and caring the sheep and others with compassion, compassion that turns into action, walking along as a shepherd does with the sheep to care for them. It, it's the expression of God's compassion and care. Through the heart of the shepherd. You've seen this in your life groups. You know the person that, that really follows up and finds out how that person is doing in the hospital. You know the one that uh, follows up and makes sure that this person is taken care of. You just see it coming out of them. They have a shepherd's heart. It's, ex- it's a beautiful expression of God's love. And, and God's put it as one of these four main uh, Uh, building blocks and it's very horizontal it's God's arms reaching out in actually people seeing and feeling the love of God a shepherd is not scared of pain and suffering but will remain faithful and give you the presence so you're not alone and, and walk you through that healing process and until that season of suffering is over and then another one mentioned is uh, teaching 
It's very vertical. It's focused on the Word of God, on God's Word. And that's, that's where uh, the revelation of God comes. And we build uh, all of what we do on the knowledge of God that turns into wisdom in doing ministry. God's Word is transformative. And God speaks to us through His Word. So I want to tell you that all these things are from God's nature, God's character. And yet, we embody these and have different perspectives. I was, had my worship music going uh, uh, last week as I was studying these themes. And one of my old-time favorite worship songs came on. And it was, I love your presence. And it's, it's just like one course. I love, I love, I love your presence. I love, I love, I love you, Jesus. I love, I love, I love your presence. And it just repeats, I love your presence over and over again. And it's so simple, I can play it on my guitar at home. <laughs> That's one reason why I like it. I can't play many of the songs, but that one I can't play. And so it's remained one of my, my faithful. And, and you can find it on YouTube, and it'll, it'll go seven minutes long. And they're just repeating this chorus over and over again. And after a while, I'm going, you know, what is everybody thinking at Living Waters, when a song like this is being played. Well, I know, I can tell you. I, in my imagination, I can tell you. And that the prophetic, those who just love worship and prayer, they, they'll say, oh, I can just get lost in God in this song. I, I could just stay here for the rest of the morning. Hopefully Stephen won't preach today and there will be a Holy Spirit takeover and we can just be spontaneous in worship out of this song and just stay focused on him the whole time and just gaze on his beauty. Well, others in the room might have a shepherd's heart. They're going, this presence of God is so wonderful. Oh, it's melting my heart. I hope that uh, my friend over here and I hope this person and I hope they're being touched by the Holy Spirit right now. In fact, oh, I'm going in intercession for them right now. I know what they're going through. I hope God, hopefully Stephen will open up the altar and we can pray for them because they need prayer right now. Very horizontal. Evangelist's heart might go all the way something like this. I hope that guest is okay. This worship is going long again. They're probably getting tired of all this repeating chorus over and over again. Oh. Sometimes things happen strange uh, during the service in that church. I hope they explain it so it doesn't cause confusion. I want to be a part of a church that I can bring my unsaved friends to because I'm here in this world. I've got to, somebody help me reach my friends before they go to hell because they are. And a teacher's heart saying, yeah, I love his presence, but they better cut this off and get to teaching the word. I don't have all these uh, goosebumps and feelings, but man, when the word is taught and when I study it, I get revelation and then God connects things for me and I just love to go deep in his word. Oh, please, let's get to the teaching of the word. So you have among your buddies four different perspectives happening all at the same time on one song. 
You hear it and you see it in different groups that you're in, a life group, a, a staff meeting we may have, a board meeting, a family meeting, anything you're kind of planning, discussing, these things come out. And the, the, the one with the passionate teaching would say, if we just teach God's word, it'll all happen after that. God will take care of it. And the prophetic person saying, listen, if we just pray about it, God will speak to us. And when you worship him and really put him first, then, hey, then God's going to uh, unfold it for you. You don't have to worry about it. And then the shepherding heart is going, listen, Jesus said in J- John 17 that we must be one. And if we love one another, the whole world will know that he is real by our oneness and our love for one another. And the evangelist going, you guys are getting way too inward. You're just getting enclosed. You're just just blessing yourself. Listen, Jesus said to be to not cover the light, not put it under a bushel, but be like a city set on a hill. Get, we got to get that light out in the community. We need to be like Jesus said in his last words. He said, go and make disciples. So we need to get out there and go and make disciples and shine our light. And so what do you have? You have tension in your discussions. These opposites that seem to be button heads. I don't, God must like conflict. Because he set it up like this. He knew this would happen. But conflict, when we love one another and we trust each other, that we do have gifts from God, though we're very different, we trust and we're going to hear them out. We're going to let that equipping happen where the gifts in them affect me and where the gifts in me affect them. And we're listening to one another. We're praying about it. We're processing. We're not making quick decisions. We're letting the Lord confirm the timing of what to focus on at this time. See, we don't want to just stay as the pendulum swings and just stay with our pendulum over here. We want to swing back. We want to include it all. We want to have a perfect balanced sphere of all the character and nature of God. And, and I, and, and my uh, travels, uh, boy, it's been a long time ago, <laughs> 2019. In 2020, just like this big gap in your, in your history. Well, before pandemic in 2019, I was on a three-month sabbatical. And one thing that I did, and I felt the Lord leaving to do this, is go visit growing charismatic churches. And I went to some of the best. I went to IHOP in Kansas City. I went to Bethel in California. And I went to Illinois uh, North City, I believe it. I'm trying to remember the name. North City. In the middle of nowhere, the town is, is like a thousand people. They were featured in Cares, Charisma magazine a couple years ago, so I went out there. And, and I found that there were a growing charismatic church. There are not many out there. And this one started like about where we did in the early uh, uh, 80s. And this was... Uh, uh, a pastor that came on late, uh, later on. And he said the biggest shift that we had to do is we just had to be sure we were focused on uh, the community and the lost. But they had gifts of the Spirit expressed uh, during worship. Uh, they, were, they preached the Word and they had squeezed everything in, had two services going on Sunday morning. And what I found is that the movement of the Holy Spirit, and you guys who were back in the 70s, 80s, the Holy Spirit did a charismatic movement, 
through every single denomination, Presbyterian, Methodist, Catholic, uh, Baptist, you name it. There, the, the, there was a movement in all types of churches. And because there wasn't a place to go after a while, it's like, where can we express it? These small groups started, and then churches started. And so these charismatic churches, independent churches, had to find somewhere to worship because they didn't have the freedom to do it in their old churches anymore. But we don't want to become the charismatic denomination and keep our pendulum when God's doing other things by His Spirit as well. We want to be mature, mature and add on what we've received and build on it and add other aspects of the nature of Christ. This idea here in, in, in Ephesians 4, a passage we haven't read yet. We didn't read this last week. I want to start in verse 1. What are the verses that come right before this passage we're studying? Of, of, the, of those five uh, building stones. Well, it's verses one through six. Listen to this message. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. This is how it all starts and all begins. It's right here. Verse one through six. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love being diligent to present the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just also as you were called, in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who are over all and through all and in all. How many times can you illustrate unity by saying the, the, the one, the number one? He is saying that this all these gifts given to men, apostolic and prophetic and evangelist and pastor, teacher, these gifts, you must have the spirit of unity. We are of one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one calling, one hope, one baptism. This can happen. This is, this is the design that I brought. And so that's what I want to emphasize to you that yes there is an answer for the conflict and that is this oneness in christ and so on our graphic i was uh really cool the way philip brought together unity is in the middle and all of these tied together so what we find is is not just a a normal uh, you know, balance concept and let's meet in the middle, let's compromise. No, we need to experience the fullness of God, his word, his spirit in these ministries, both horizontal and vertical. We need radical balance like the pendulum has and shows. Where it's all covered, that's where this growth in maturity comes from. That's a function of the apostolic ministry. It's just the eldership over the body, uh, overseeing, bringing things together. There's a timing, and we have this pendulum swinging, but we keep it all working together. Forty years. Have you looked at what the 40 can mean in the Bible? The number 40 can mean a lot because it's, it's in the Bible a lot. And I think for summary for me, you know, Jesus was tempted in for 40 days and nights 
Uh, and then he started his ministry right after that. The Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years, and then they got to go in the promised land. Moses was up on the mountain for 40, 40 days before he came down and brought the, uh, the commandments of God with him. It just goes on and on. And what it seems to be symbolizing and showing is a big shift and change to something new and something great. That 40 years, uh, 40 is that number of transition. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a number of change. And so I believe, as I've been praying about this, that this year is actually a more big deal than I realized. That in God's mind and the way he looks at the number 40 in Scripture, 2021 is another significant year. That God is bringing change. He's bringing us into a, a new level, a new dimension. I want to say to you that as one of the elders of this church, we need you to fulfill and live out these gifts in your life. We, we are not complete without it. We are not whole without you stepping out. And, and, and though they're all very unique and different from one another. If you haven't looked at this seriously, maybe you already have a a confirmation in your heart and spirit what that looks like and what it is, that's great. But let me encourage you to uh, get in our, in our Grow Track Session 2. Grow, sex, tr- grow Track Session 2, there's three of them. The first one, we're having them in March. These are at 3.30. The first one's at, at uh, our home uh, on Sunday afternoon, 3.30, March 14th. It's all the information you need about becoming a member. You don't become a member that day. You just get information about it and helps you pray about it and, and get to know us better. And then the second date is, is um, the next week on the 21st. It's called Discover Your Design. And there's a couple of different surveys that we do, and that'll be here at the church at 3.30, and I want to invite everybody to, that wants to come. There's a couple of surveys, gift surveys, that are done. Whether you're a member or been here for a long time or not, whichever. And these help point you to either confirm, yeah, that's right, or let me pray about this, uh, different gifts of the Spirit and gifts of, um, uh, gifts of ministry. I've taken this survey a couple of times over the years. It's, it's been one that's been used uh, for a long time. And I have, and usually have more than one that stick out. You'll have one, two, maybe three that just get high numbers, you know, in the survey. And the, and the two that come up for me on a regular basis uh, would be either pastor as number one or leader or flipped. And those right, those two right there conflicting me sometimes. Rom Lord, I want to be by their side, and then but I'm thinking, no, I need to lead. I need to be diligent in leadership. I can't always do both at the same time. And that's why I need a team for both in leadership and a team in pastoral care. Because I want to do it. And they say that if you're really going to pastor people, you're going to only pastor about 60 people relationally. So that just goes to show you that even though our church might be a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, that guy's probably not a pastor. 
he's uh, a leader, he's an evangelist, he's got some other gift that's being used because if you, if, if I'm just, I'm going to pastor and that's all I'm going to do, it's about 60 people, 60, without burnout. And so I have to work out, even in me, these tensions. Lord, how do I live this out, even how you've put passions in me? How do I do that? I know uh, back in the 90s, this started with me, and, I, and even to this day that I struggle with, Lord, I want to be more prophetic. I'm in the charismatic movement. I went to Oral Roberts University. I'm on Living Water staff. And in the 90s, we had a Holy Spirit, couple waves of incredible moves of the Spirit. And much of it was happening and even initiating in, among the teenagers and the youth. And I had to learn that even though some of them were experiencing more of the power of the Holy Spirit and dreams and visions and visitations, that I had to oversee it. And God graced me for that. And of course, I grew in it as well. And God was able to take that movement. We went to several other Christian schools and youth groups and were able to release that power out for other people in ministry. And so God graced me with that leadership ability to oversee that. Even as lead pastor in the last seven years, God has taught me, listen, Stephen, don't be frustrated with yourself and say, man, why am I not more prophetic? He said, say this, I'm prophetic enough. I didn't say pathetic. You, you thought it. I didn't say pathetic. I said prophetic. I am prophetic enough and I'm growing in the prophetic. And that's where I rest. That's where I trust God. That he's got me where he wants me. I'm open. I'm in, in, I'm, I am growing. He's molding me in that area. I'm going to ask the praise team to go ahead and come on up. and We're going to read another part of this passage in Ephesians 4. We've read it once, but I want you to read it now with new eyes of seeing how, how powerful this is when, when these giftings that seem to be different are, are, are coming together in a harmony, in a oneness, in a fruitfulness. Verse 13 through 16. I'll just read the whole passage and let it sink in. Be very, very attuned here. Verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature who belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickier men, by craftiness and deceitful skimming, scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by whatever joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building of it up of itself in love. So when those tensions are there and those uh, conflicts are arising, we carry different gifts and perspectives from God. So that's why we have to speak the truth in love. It's got to be both, right? That's how we get through the process of conflict and, and misunderstanding and, 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 and it, you can, you can, the devil wants to come with confusion and division right but when we're 
open to the Spirit, He reveals how harmony is going to happen when we listen to the Spirit and to one another so that we can grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head. So we'll be more like Him in all these areas. There's this fitting together, being held together by every joint and supplies. God knows how to bring our different perspectives and gifts together. And there's a, a growth of being measured to the stature that belongs in a fullness. I want you, I want me, my, our families, I want our church family to experience a fullness that we haven't experienced yet. And you are an equipper. Well, I'm not on staff. I'm not, you know, a prophet or I'm not, you know, a teacher. Let me tell you, you have gifts in you. And verse 12 is true. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, for the building up of the body of Christ. Your gift is important to me, to us. And I as a leader... And the elders, we must be good at releasing you in ministry. Because healthy leaders release the people to minister. And as we walk in unity, healthy people release the leaders to lead. And so God is bringing this to me that 2021 is more significant than you realize. I don't know about you, but uh, when January rolled around, I was just kind of recovering from 2020. I had a slow rebound, and you get into all these New Year's resolutions and things you're praying about for 2021, the new year. It just took me extra weeks uh, to get there, to get looking into 2021 and hearing from the Lord. And I think the Lord is is saying this is this is a significant year for living waters and i have a transition of empowering you from what you've been through all that you've learned in the past all that i've the experiences now the wisdom that you have is 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 this is a launch year this is going into another level uh, of launching into a greater place in fruitfulness so we'll just glorify him that much more As you leave today, I'm going to ask, kind of remind you, if you can hang around a little bit, give your uh, love and thankfulness and gratefulness to Larry and Elizabeth. Uh, and uh, if you see them or if you don't, then, you know, just communicate that over this week, over when you see them next, and sh- just say thank you to them. But I'm asking you to join with me. Lord, what do you have for living waters in 2021. What are these changes? What are this transformation of, of you launching us into another level, another place of fruitfulness? Would you join with me? And, I, and you, if you don't know my email address, my phone number, I want you to get it because I want you to send that to me, what you're getting in prayer. And what can you be out of a discussion and the Lord highlights something, then send it to me, okay? I want, I want to hear it. I want to be praying us together on this why don't we allow this song to just the spirit speak over us 
I'm going to ask the altar ministry teams to go ahead and come down and become available. And then after we get in this song a little bit, I'll release you with a blessing. But uh, let's just come to the Lord. We believe that you still speak today. Praise God. So, Lord, grace us to hear what you have for us this morning, going into this week, and into this message as Jesus, our builder of my life, of living waters. You are our builder. worship God that was abandoned to God and thank you Lord that grace is still here over the next 40 years oh God that we'll be a worshiping people Father thank you that you speak to each one of us Lord every gift is valuable and needed at living waters so Lord we pray that as we go in this week our hearts are expectant to be more aware of our gifts to use our gifts that you've given us Lord God to um Uh, Lord, walk in unity together, Lord God, to bear more fruit for you, Lord God. This fullness in in Christ Jesus, Ephesians talks about, Lord. Lord, we anticipate 2021, we will see a fullness. We will see a maturity, Lord God, that, that you are bringing, Lord Jesus, to this church family. Lord God, thank you, Father. 
Lord, thank you for your blessing of protection over each one of us and our families, provision, Lord God, and also, Lord, peace, the shalom of God, which transcends all our understanding, Lord God. So thank you, Lord. We can walk in peace and faith this week. Great to be together. People online, it's great to be together. We have a phone call available for you, a phone number over the next 30 minutes. You'll see it on your screen. We have people available to pray with you over any need that you have. Have a great week. Love you guys. This love that has